2: where we report on the works of God all over the world as relates to the end-time word. Well, welcome to all our friends around the world. Brother Mark Aho with you here on the Believer's Faith Challenge podcast. We love you dearly. We are glad you are interested in the things we report on this podcast it would be very difficult for us to accomplish very much without you and your support and your prayers. Today we are going to be looking at the situation in Uganda. Again, it's a continuously evolving situation. And we have Brother Stephen Ibali with us. He's been with us before. He's right at the heart of things. And he's able to give us firsthand reports. And Brother Stephen has been involved in some minister's meetings recently, and he has some very interesting comments uh, coming out of that. And, of course, we have Brother Tim Dodd with us. God bless you, Brother Tim. Welcome to the podcast.
0: Thank you, Brother Mark. And uh, we're very happy to return to Uganda for this podcast, bring an update. Um, Brother Stephen Abali has just had a very large meeting with new ministers, and I thought it would be beneficial if we talked to him about that and and get some feedback, uh, some details about what's going on there in the country of Uganda. So God bless you, Brother Stephen, and welcome to
1: the podcast. Uh, God bless you, Brother Tim. Uh, These big meetings uh, are commonplace now. We had one in Mayuge, we had another in Buyende, and we had another in Nakalama. God bless you, and I'm really happy to be a part of this podcast today.
0: I know you've just had a uh, very large meeting, as I mentioned, and we're grateful for what the Lord is doing there in Uganda. Sometimes people don't understand the logistics of putting together a meeting in the country of Uganda it's not the same as over here where the facilities are much and the ability for people to move around is very much so before we get into the spiritual side maybe you could just share with the people some of the what it takes to put this together and how far the brothers were coming and and what it took for them to get there and to be able to attend such a
1: meeting. I think you've been in the country of recent, Uh, you know, the road conditions that uh, we we operate from. Uh, It's very interesting that when we are going to have those kind of meetings, uh, the people start moving very early in the morning, as early as four o'clock, because uh, we get these people from a radius of about 100 kilometers. We operate in 12 districts, and we have to transport them and feed them. It's an enormous dynamics to get this put together. It's not an easy thing. Was it just one service
0: uh, all day, or was it uh, a series of services? Were you the only speaker? Was there other speakers? Um, How did that work out for you there?
1: Uh, Brother Tim, uh, we had two services. I took one in the morning and Brother James Katumba took the other. But in between the services, we get different ministers who come forward to start testifying exactly what this message means and what it has done to their lives, to their churches, uh, to their families. So we we really have a a, a nicely packed day. Yeah, we do.
0: Having just been in Uganda, I am well aware of the need to uh, take these ministers into the Word of God and instruct them and teach them. Obviously, we can't revelate them. That's the work of the Holy Spirit. But if we can lay the Word out, the Holy Spirit can certainly anoint the Word and take these brothers and help them. And and I will add that they may not be aware of how... um, Fortunate they are to have brothers such as yourself there in the country of Uganda versus what the message was like 40 years ago when it first came into the country. And brothers like yourself were coming in, and uh, there was nobody in the country to help, instruct, and answer questions and that sort of thing. And you had to kind of go on your own with occasional visits from very solid ministers like Brother Harold Hildebrandt and others. So, Maybe you could just share just your thoughts on uh, the comparison between that generation and this generation and what it's like for the ministers there.
1: Yeah, Brother Tim, this is very interesting. Uh, when you ask me to make a comparison of these new ministers and uh, we, the people who are been in the message for some time, I want to tell you, Brother team that uh, many of the people that are in the message for the last 24 years, they really do not even know the history of where we came from. So it's not only they, uh, you know, opposed to us who are in the message already, but it's uh, more than that. And coming back to the point, Brother Harold is a household name in Uganda. He gave us the first messages we read, and 44 years ago, when we came into this message, we had no mature instruction among us, and uh, we had the perspective of "Fear not, little flock." Everybody preached that because we were operating against a, a big backdrop of a, a big Pentecostal organization. So that scripture was very, you know, comforting. So we were satisfied with small gatherings because the, you know, outreach was based on person to person, passing this pamphlet, passing this book, this person comes in. But today we are doing an aggressive outreach, which our traditional brotherhood here, too, they just can't fathom it because they've not been brought up that way. With this kind of approach, one minister asked me, how will these people grow? (laughs) But these people are growing because we do aggressive teaching too. Ministers around me who have uh, devoted their time and cars to get this done, you know, they love what they do. They have blown tires of their cars, blown motors of their cars, and another road is car. This is part of us. It's not something that uh, somebody's pushing us into. No. But the people love what they are doing, and uh, we are aggressively giving them all the best that they need to cope up with the rest of the body.
0: Yeah. I remember talking with you sometime in the past, years ago actually. When we first started printing books and the importance of the church age book for the new believers and especially the new ministers. And we're so glad that they have them now. And we're going to be printing 10,000 more copies to make sure that there's more available. But why don't you just relate to the listeners the, the real uh, burden on your heart for the church age book and getting that book into the hands of the people Besides the individual books that we're printing, the SEALS book, which you now have in the Luganda language, and the Hebrews book, which we're going to be printing shortly, why don't you just kind of share the burden for the different books to be able to put into the hands of the people there?
1: Yeah, Brother Tim, that's a very good question. So when we started the classes with the converted ministers, we had trusted them to get the message back to their people. But uh, my approach changed when I demanded for the church's book and we also started of visits into the churches so that we could hand out the books directly to the people. You know, this was an igniter among the ministers because this put the ministers on pressure to study ahead of their people. I also demanded for the Hebrew book to define redemption for the people. Uh, because, you know, many people don't really understand the new birth in this message. Many of the people just think that when you get a church book or once you get a, 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 a you know, single message, you study, you agree with it, you come to church, then you are born again. So you remember how I advocated for the Hebrew book to help the people understand what redemption is. But more so, the Church Edge book is a good way of summing the entire message together. And good that these new believers have beat their teeth into it and it's their drive as they keep fishing out their friends. Because, you know, We started with a few ministers and the few ministers started, they get inspired, they see new truths, so they also begin to reach out. This is not us anymore, it's the people themselves. So we certainly really appreciate the books because, um, uh, you know, it's uh, exposing people to Uh, greater truths and also exposing the believers uh, to great testimonies that really uh, were part of the life of the prophet. So these books is not enough that we can speak about them, but uh, they are doing a great job, brother Tim, and we appreciate you and the people that have uh, done their best to make this uh, uh, given to us.
0: Well, we're certainly glad that these meetings were a success. Brother Stephen, uh, do you plan on doing these large meetings regularly, or will you just perhaps travel around as you have been doing, having the somewhat smaller ministers' meetings in the different locations every week? Uh, What's your thoughts on this and the benefit of these meetings for the brothers?
1: Yeah, you see, Brother Tim, the field around me has really expanded the brothers working in this continue to do the weekly smaller meetings Uh, but to make it easy on this body of humiliation we decide to get people together and uh, real hard meat is served to the people so these big meetings are really necessary Uh, Because given, you know, my age and uh, the condition of my health, uh, I cannot keep running all over the place every week. So I do two major meetings in a month to meet uh, a number of ministers. So Brother Branham says these words, quoting Duplessis. He says, God don't have grandchildren. That's right where our Pentecostal brethren are becoming their children come into church and just say, well, we are Pentecostal because Papa was. You see, Brother Tim, that was the challenge against the Pentecostal world, and this challenge has come our way. The attitude we have towards evangelism is a biological birth evangelism. That the people feel more comfortable going to evangelize children of the believers in the different believer churches rather than being able to go out and meet the sinner on the street, meet the sinner in the church. You see, what we are doing is that the doors are opening, organizations are opening their doors, we get inside there, we preach the message, and I think the attitude of the people just need to get right over this, because generally, we've got uh, a way, uh, maybe if I can use this, it's not strong, I think, hope you get it in a, a right way. Uh, When we get our children born, we teach them we are not Pentecostals. We teach them we are not an organization. We teach them how to welcome believers at home. We tell them, you say, God bless you. Oh, yeah, so, you know, you need to be very disciplined. And uh, this is exactly what the rich younger ruler was. He had such a very nice religious background. But you see, when the message came to him before him, he stood against the message. He just couldn't accept it. So this is exactly the same thing that we are having, that uh, we have narrowed the field of evangelism uh, to only our church church believers so you see the evangelists get stumbled when they hear us going out there among the organization but it should be a joy of everybody to see that the message has got an open door in an organization i remember 1987 we have a very senior uh, member of the church now a brother called uh, kadu Kadu had a Pentecostal uh, church, but uh, the church was open to us. And I remember I and Brother John Chakonya, we went in there. And today, Brother Kadu is one of the major ministers in the country. So it's not any different. I think... What we need to do is to have an attitude to change and, uh, so that we can really get real baths into this message, uh, not just biological evangelism.
0: Biological evangelism. I'll have to remember that term. I think it's uh, not something that Brother Branham used, but I can certainly see the point here. And uh, it's uh, wonderful to see what God is doing Uh, beyond the realms of just established churches in Uganda. We are definitely happy, and the Bible says, all heaven rejoices when one soul is birthed into the kingdom of God. So whether it's in a church that's established, whether it's a a son or daughter of a believer or uh, granddaughter, grandson, we know that they might be our grandchildren, our children, but... We know that God doesn't have grandchildren. The new birth is important in each and every life.
2: Brother Tim, to me, that last comment from Brother Stephen uh, was instructive on so many levels. It's fascinating that they, uh, the existing message believers and evangelists are having to expand their thinking from just evangelizing their own children within their existing churches to reaching out to denominational people and organizations and finding believers in there. We may have thought the days of that happening were past, but here it is happening in Uganda, and uh, we are going to have to grow in our thinking to catch up with it. Is this not the very definition of what Brother Branham talked about in the message End Time Evangelism, The Calling of a Bride? out of an existing church?
0: Well, it certainly is a part of it, Brother Mark. And uh, I think that it's whether they be called out of an existing church, whether they be called, as the Scripture talks about, the uh, marriage supper from the highways, the byways, the hedges, the ditches, wherever they come from, this word word that God has sent us in this day will gather the bride of Jesus Christ from all places where she is in this world. God will not leave one behind. We're quickly uh, approaching the end of God's redemptive purpose amongst the Gentiles. And all I can say is that our God is sovereign and supernatural and he's doing the work and we're just a part of what God is doing and and end-time evangelism is what Bible Believers is all about. So we want to talk more about uh, these ministers' meetings and what took place and the impact that this message has had on the believers there in the country of Uganda. We have some testimonies that we want to share and directly from some of the ministers. And so uh, we look forward to doing that, but we're out of time today. And so we'll put that off until next week. We'll have part two for this podcast. And trust that what the believers, what the listeners have heard today will be a blessing to each and every one of you. And I want to say thank you to Brother Stephen Imbali for joining us today. God bless you, Brother Stephen.
1: Yeah, God bless you, Brother Tim. It has been a pleasure to be hosted on the podcast today. And uh, it's always a pleasure uh, relating to the world that stands behind us in this. God bless you, everybody. Brother Steve, anybody from Uganda? Thank you. And thank you for joining us,
0: everyone. I believe that the things that we've heard today will spur us on to do all that we can for the kingdom of God in this end time move around the world. God bless you and shalom. Thank you for joining us on the podcast today. Remember, friends, The bridegroom will not come until the bride has made herself ready. She must be both called and fully
2: dressed by the Word of God. This is the Believer's Faith Challenge Report podcast. You can sign up for our email newsletter at BibleWay.org. Scroll to the bottom of the page where it says Newsletter. Fill in your name and email address and click Sign Up. In this email report, you will receive reports of the works of God in China, in Africa, in South America, in India, Europe, all over the world. We also publish a full-color paper newsletter two times a year, complete with photographs, reports, and testimonies from all over the world. The newsletter is free. Just request it, and we would be happy to mail a copy to you. You can contact us by email at info at bible-believers.org. That's info at bible-believers.org. Or you can write to us at Bible Believers, P.O. Box 128, Blaine, Washington 98231. That's Bible Believers, P.O. Box 128, Blaine, Washington 98231. This is Mark Aho. Thank you for being with us today. And be sure to join us for the next Believers Faith Challenge Report Podcast.